This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I enjoy hearing the music a lot more than I enjoy hearing my own voice, which means it is another episode of Playing It Forward, where we talk about a ton. A lot of life, a lot of laughs, how laughing is part of life. Uh, Coming off a fantastic segment, a two-parter with Dirk Chatlin, where, wow, very little to do about sports as it turned out. It got to be more about parenting and expectation levels and... He went deep, and so I figured, huh, how can we continue kind of where we left off? And I was like, hey, I know a guy. (laughs) I know a guy real well by the name of DJ Rezac, who is very instrumental in kind of what I do in my day-to-day. Helps with culture building, pretty good with accountability, and... uh, Models quite a bit on how to be a man. You have so many titles, so many endeavors. We have your coaching. We have your building services. We have, you've got kind of the, is it is the coaching different than the consulting or is the consulting in the culture building? Yeah, it's the same. All right, well, talk, walk yeah, me through it. How do you yeah. break it down? Well, first of all, I got, like, sweaty when I came up into, like, an office space. I was yeah, like, this is. I haven't been to work in a long time. <laughs> I was like, oh, like wow. Like, this, like, oh, God. I remember what it felt like. You know, it's funny, Cam, our man behind the scenes that makes this thing go. I said, hey, you know, DJ, we can, we can Zoom, you know, if you want to. He's like, nah. I need to get out of the house. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a, I, I need to be able to give hugs and see people. I need some presence. I'm not doing the Zoom thing. I was like, oh, must be. I can't wait till I mature enough to have options. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I'm gonna take the Zoom. Sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. Well, so where do, so where so, do we, so where do we start with the titles? Because you've had you've had several stages in terms of being a big part of stepping aside, letting others do. How do you break down the the interests well so uh, i mean that's so titles is so i always just say i'm a lifelong learner right i mean i've heard you say that yeah before um that's just what i do like thirst for learning is huge um so i i used to be in the pizza business right i used to own pizza places and bars and then i owned a janitorial service and then i stretched into coaching and then i became a dad of twins and then twins again and then a singleton and so, um, Vinny, the single, star. yeah, Vinny, yeah, he is, uh, he, I went to lunch with him today. He is classic. Yeah. Celebrating your birthday. Happy yeah. 51st, by Thank the way. You. Thank you. But so yeah, 51 years. So what I've, I guess I, what I've realized is like, I've always been a teacher and a coach and that's what I've always wanted to be. I was a teacher and a coach when I owned my pizza businesses. I was a teacher and a coach when I was building my commercial building services business and 
so now I'm just a teacher and a coach. And so the best part about that is um, it really gives you – it doesn't limit you, I guess. If, if, you're, if you title yourself as just a learner and coach and sharer, it's kind of cool. It's like that's just – you're always – working you're always not working right i mean you're just you just you just are you're and i think that's where we're going to talk about today is is you know the chase for authentic manhood like how do you be authentic how do you be comfortable in your own a word that a word that i like to use a ton it it whatever it is it can keep you out of trouble once you understand what it is and that's being authentic authentic yeah authenticity who who doesn't like align with authenticity and that's the part where you know you talk about parenting like like, it's not like we don't, like, hold hands and sing Kumbaya every night. It's, like, real life. Like, sometimes there's tears. Sometimes there's – sometimes we have the conversation of, yeah, we're stuck in the middle of a drama triangle. <laughs> and there's a victim. And believe me, and I am not doing a very good job as flipping my role to empowerment and coaching. I'm persecuting them. <laughs> right? It, it, but that's real. Yeah. And that authenticity – then allows you to grow, right? So again, learner, grow, share. And that's literally what I think people want from people is just real. So there's, there's, there's a couple of things I think that um, you talk about E plus R equals O, and the O in that is is the outcome, right? What, what will be the outcome of what we, we want to accomplish during this podcast? There's so many areas that are that are interesting to me. I talked about... In the very beginning about the conversation we had with Dirk Chatlin and, you know, his growth in terms of his profession and, and what's he, what he wants out of life. And, you know, he was, he closed, well, it wasn't even a close. It turned out to be like the last 20 minutes of the podcast. And we went for well over an hour. And, you know, he talked, I, I asked him about what he's learned, what he hasn't learned, kind of his strengths and weaknesses. And at the core end of what he talked about was that his, his disappointment thus far in himself as a parent he's going through some struggles and he was very transparent about those with his daughter and she's a little younger I think she's eight or nine Mm -hmm. and it has been a very difficult thing more difficult you know than than Tim Miles saying hey don't put that crap on me or or Bo Pelini saying to him I don't know, Dirk, what do you think? Or, you know, the, all the, the long, rich tradition of him being so good at what he does. And it just got me thinking. I'm like, you know what? Being a man, parenting, being who you're called to be, I'm like, we got to talk more about that. Because I think so many people as men struggle with that. Sure. And it's because I think a lot of it is, what are we at our core <laughs> versus who do we want to aspire to be? And are they two different things? Yeah. Right. Well, I would even, or multiple <laughs> different things. I would push it even to just not just men, but it's parents. Yeah. Right. So what happens? Um, and th- th- I do, I, I, we wrote some books about dare to dad, like what it means to it's be on a, dad. It's the centerpiece on my table in the living room. Yeah. And little, little blue soft. Yeah. Yeah. Book. hundred pages. Yeah. And, but it's, it's just like, authentic and the reality of that you know not to um you know dive into just dare to that stuff is when we were writing that stuff um we had to stop and say why are we doing are we doing this for image and status so that people like think we're 
our family's really good or are we doing this to like just share and help? And so there was a big press pause during that like process. And we had to come to terms with like, Mm. Oh man, sometimes it feels like we're running after image and status, which gets me to the judgment. Parents are judging. And so I don't know Dirk. I don't know him personally. I don't know what his struggles is, but I would tell him, stop judging yourself. Like you are, you're not perfect. You like we like we pretend like as parents that we're gonna like make this perfect for our kids and and when I do when I speak at any events with like dads or I do forums with EO and YPO with dads and I always say raise your hand if if you had one negative moment in time where you changed direction in your life <laughs> yeah. and I said keep your hands up two <laughs> what if there was three. Usually like 60 to 70% of the people in the audience have their hands raised at three. Three moments that they thought were totally detrimental. It was a life-changing moment. And I said, and now you're trying to manage that out of your kids' lives. Like, why? Mm. Like, that's not your role. Your role isn't to make your kids perfect. Your role is to love them unconditionally, which takes us back to the authenticity. If we can get super clear on we're just here for two reasons – to love and be loved. That's it. Can you, and guess what? You got to love yourself first, which is super hard. It is. Because guess what? I want to be like, wait a minute, my son wasn't super state football. Uh, oh. What, my son wasn't super state football. I, I must have been done something bad. I didn't, I didn't push him hard enough, or I didn't do that. Or, oh, you know, Cam's going to think that he's not that good, which then he thinks that I'm not a great parent. No. It's not true. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. When you're talking, <clears throat> when you're looking for benchmarks and a barometer of kind of being able to take some self inventory, you obviously need uh, vantage point matters, right? Because you talk about men wanting to compare and and be able to, or sometimes falling into being something they're not. Whose benchmark and barometer do you find most people using? Since it's not their own. Oh my gosh! It's it's everybody. It's it's whoever. It's where, and and that's where the like. If we get back to the core of just loving yourself, like I think all motives are born out of two desires, right? Love or validation. Yeah. Like I want you to validate me. I'm a good parent, right? My kid made super state, or my kid got ten scholarship offers. I had a great interaction with Dom this last summer where he wanted to commit to Air Force, and I wanted him to wait. And I'm trying to guide him. And we got to the point where I was trying to share, well, what if this suitor comes and this suitor comes? And he, point blank, 18 years old, looks at me and goes, do you want me to have 10 scholarship offers? Because I kind of look at this as like I'm trying to find a, 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 a marriage, a partner, someone who wants me and loves me. And I mm. found that. Mm. And I don't need 10. I need one. And he's like, I feel like you're kind of imposing your will that you want to make sure that people think I'm good. And I was like, oh, hit me like a ton of bricks. Because you know what? He was right. I was trying to be validated. Like people would think he was, I was a better parent if he had more offers. Mm. And so I think as a man, it comes out of two things. Your desires are about validation. I, I'm worthy. I, I have what it takes. Or... You love me, right? And so, ultimately, we give away our, our power. We, we, you know, I, why do I care if 
someone who doesn't probably think about me very much loves me or valid thinks I'm a good parent. That doesn't matter. What matters is what what I think of myself. You know, it's interesting because <clears throat> in talking to you all the time, and sometimes I feel like I, I I monopolize too much of your time, but there's always usually some tidbits that I take that have very practical applications, like things that you can take a look at right now. They don't even have to be long-term goals. Why do you think when we come in contact with so many people um, in terms of what we do that it is more difficult for men more times than not to make themselves vulnerable? Kids follow what they see. It was never modeled. It's like brand new. Like when, when, when my grandpa, uh, the, I, I know that my dad, I take my dad on a one-on-one trip. Uh, and every time, like, he cries and he hugs me. And that's a big deal for him. Right. Because right? that didn't happen in his life. He said, I remember hugging my dad one time. And he was like, he was stiff as a board. He just didn't know. And so men have traditionally only been allowed really one emotion, anger. Wait till your dad comes home. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Angry is okay. Like, men play that all the time. Uh, is it okay for a dad to say, I'm really sad right now, right? Mm. I'm really sad. Uh, I, my feelings are hurt. Um, I feel like crying. Like, that's just, oh. and guess what? Like, th- this is the vulnerability, too, that I've had to learn with my wife. Like, sometimes I won't tell her, I, this is what I need from you. Because you want to know why? What if she says no? Mm ouch, that might hurt. And so guess what? I can tough it out, go work in the garage, go lift weights, do what, just avoid. And so I think it's so hard for men because it's never been modeled. It's really hard to, it's, it's really hard for um, men to see in their dads because it, it's been perceived as weakness. Again, judgment. We judge it as weakness. And we got to break that. We got we got to just be like I, I'm a good dad except for when I'm not. I'm a, I'm I'm <laughs> I, I can be I can be real. Like I'm a real it's my 51st birthday. I I got two sets of twins. 50% wished me happy birthday. 50 that's like parenting them. Half the time they don't listen. Let me guess. <laughs> Dom and Anthony. Dom and Carly. Really? Oh, the, you're too old. The, the meatball twins just cruised right by. See you, Dad. Peace. Make sure, make sure my car is full of gas, right? <laughs> that part of that's their maturity, right? They're 16, but, but I don't judge them for that. My, my point being is um, just no one's perfect. Like, if I'm running around waiting for validation from my 16-year-olds to, like, it's a guessing game for my birthday, no, it doesn't matter. Like, I can tell them, hey, it's my birthday today. And they'd be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. So we extend some people some grace, right? I think that's, like, in this day and age, too, people just get offended all the time. That and angry. Yeah, it's just, that's, it's, it's cool to be, like, the angry guy. And it's like, you know what? That's not love and being loved, right? And so if I truly love myself, guess what comes out? Love. Love. Yeah, love. And we talk about character before kingdom, right? Kingdoms have been lost for the beginnings of time. Because 
people don't ever share with them. Here's some roadblocks you might be having. So, so I want to stay with that just for a second because I think it's hard for people to get their mind around. And I just heard during a, during a banquet on Sunday, somebody referenced character over kingdom. And it's something that you like to say a ton when you need or you'd like for folks to recalibrate or refocus mm-hmm. on, on what's important. Take a snapshot inside to break down character over kingdom. Sure. Uh, kingdom, image, money, status, right? And I get it. Like I've chased after when I was 22 years old, that's what I was chasing. And nobody told me I shouldn't like that was just what you did. Go get a job. Where are you going to get a job? You should, you should work really hard. How much money can you make? Can you, can you do it bigger? Can you do it better? Can you do it faster? Right. I don't know about the guys that you ran around when you were 22 to 30, but that's what it was. And it, and it was this chase and race, like, who's going to retire first and fastest and blah, 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 and how much money can I make and what do you have and let's list it. And what I recognized along the path was every circle that I went into, go back to desires or, or validation, Yep. I wanted to be validated by other guys. You're a good, you're a man. Look how much money you make. And then I would get into these circles and then I'd be like, I don't really admire a whole lot of <laughs> things that are going on here. Right. right. It just seemed like a false like narrative. It just and so I think kingdoms have fallen all the time because people chase money, image, and status. But what happens and th- there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's I mean, a part it can be a part of it. I want I mean, I want money. P- p- part of what we do is to want to conquer, right? Well yeah, I want money, I want image, I want status. Just more of it's not gonna bring me more happiness. And so when I don't have character behind it, when I don't have like some solid basis of like, do you care about serving others? Do you care about building relationship? Do you care about thirst for learning so that you don't make the same mistake twice? That's character. That's life giving. Right. And so when we talk about character before kingdom, especially in athletics, right, you're seeing it right right now with the name image licensing and the signing day and, you know, the kid, the kid who has 15,000 followers and he likes to put out, where should I go and just get attention and attention and attention. And there's, there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with that as long as you back it up with some character. Because if you're just worried about that, after his playing days are over, well, you know, what's he got left to fall back on? Does he have his own character? And those are the people that lose the kingdom. So I think a big part of, of what, um, connects us is there's this certain level of accountability, right? And and a lot of people view me in these roles of where I'm normally, as somebody that kind of has an alpha personality that doesn't often run into a bunch of fears, right? And as you know, I have quite a few. And a lot of it stems from how comfortable I am in a situation and I'm always trying, there's this struggle with becoming comfortable being uncomfortable. It's a very fine line as you've seen between knowing that you're probably not in a good area versus understanding the challenge of negotiating when you're not or navigating when you're not in a very good area. Does that always take, do you need accountability partners for that? Or is there a separate set of eyes that you need? Is that something that you feel? Because that's a lot of it as men. We wake up one day and we find ourselves and it's like, 
how did I get here? Right? Like, yeah. And it could be X amount of years later, and all of a sudden it's like, hmm. Sure. It seemed right during this time. Yeah. Like, what happened? So I think E plus R equals O, we talked about. What's the we, we got We got to explain that. for, for Right. The so E is. It's just behavioral chain analysis. Event plus response equals outcome. And it's behavioral chain analysis. I think it was Marshall Linehan, University yeah. of Washington, yep. sometime in the 80s. Uh, and it was big for like suicide uh, prevention. Prevention, yeah. That you're in charge of your response, right? And so it's a big mental health thing. And I would say this: like we always reverse engineer. What's the outcome you want? So going back to those fears and that, like, do you know what, if I'm accountable or do? Like, a lot of men end up in situations because they're not paying attention, right? <laughs> yeah. They're just not intentionally, <laughs> yeah. like. And so I, I think it's a cross between Brene Brown, that, that vulnerability. I think it's a cross between design your life. I think there's a cross between, um, you know, wild at heart, you know, that, that um, uh, the ministry that talks about there's a battle to fight, an adventure to go on. The, the, and, the, which you, and what you're describing is the, eff- the essence of what makes men men. Like the what, what is what, what is What is it that yeah. we... That is at the core of manhood. So if you if you reverse engineer that and start thinking like if I live out of core values, that directs my behavior, right? Then it identifies like if I if I live out of core values, then I I become who I want to become. And then that drives my it's, 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 that it's, drives it's, my it's, behavior. It's a natural guide is what I would like to say. But if you leave it on autopilot you become who you become and sometimes you drift, right? You're just like, I'm not intentionally paying attention to what I want to do in my life. So I just kind of hanging out and then I end up in here and this and that. And then I, wow, this is actually what I value because this is what I'm accountable for. This is what I like to do. You said something that's interesting because I think like a common misstep, I think for, um, for men in particular, but this is a general thing when you talk about not paying attention. You find it sometimes where you think you're doing the right thing because it's about this this desired outcome. Well, I, I got to provide or I want them to have this or I want them to do that. And the intentions are good. Yeah. The mismanagement or the lack of focus or attention to detail is not, but oftentimes it's birthed out of out of the the right catalyst. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Those well, built-in checks and balances are tough. What do we judge ourselves on? Well, I I judge productivity. Myself, well, I judge myself on my intention. Yeah. My intention was to be a good guy. What do you judge me on? <laughs> Were you a my good guy actions, or not? Yeah. Right? <laughs> like and who gets to hold that? Like I might have the best intentions in mind, right? And my kids are like that didn't really feel great or I didn't like that. So I judge you on your actions. And we're always judging other, other people on their actions. So I think when it comes to accountability, too, like the ability that you said self-reflect, figure it out, like look at that. Well, what do you need? You need someone who looks at your heart, sees your intentions. Now, we're not interested in having people do that most uh, times, are we? Not, well, it's beautiful if you can. <laughs> no, there's, right? yeah. It's beautiful if you can. But at the same time, like, I also know vulnerability without boundaries isn't healthy, 
right? I mean, you just don't go spill yourself, you know. I just had lunch at the Drover. There was, you know, 80 people there. I, they don't need to hear. <laughs> don't you got to say that again. Vulnerability without boundaries. That's just not, that's not healthy. That's just not real. It's not, that's not good. Yeah. That, I mean, that's like smash and grab. That's like using you. I want to use you to get what I want. So when I'm vulnerable, I have to like seriously think, why am I sharing this? So when you ask, do I want people to see my heart? Sure, but not, I mean, not everybody. I mean, I don't need to walk down the street. I don't need validation from <laughs> someone down the street that, like, I, I have insecurities as a man. And, and as you're listening to DJ Rezac, the practicality of sometimes what he says is, I think, the beauty in your delivery, right? Because you're always talking about open, honest, and direct. Sure. And I think the 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 other D that you add to that is some dignity. Sometimes I like to, I would like to describe it as uh, um, your delivery, your tact, okay. right? Because, and I say that because the open, honest, and direct is is fantastic if you're dealing with folks that have reached a certain amount of uh, security level. Sure. Because I don't know how often you find yourself having to explain being open, honest, and direct if somebody wasn't available to or in a, in a position where they could receive what was being said, right? Isn't there some – do you worry so much about that? Mm, I think a lot – my experience has been um, when I lead with vulnerability, people respond with it. They, they feel safe and it's, it is disarming. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a place where it's like, it's okay. Like I, I've in my life, I've had a lot of external successes, right? I mean, my businesses have been successful. My kids have had some success. Um, they've like, you know, from the outside looking in, it looks like, Oh, and then when I say, Oh my gosh, I want to like, my kids are driving me crazy. Like, yeah, we wrote a parenting book. You know, you want to know how many people think you're perfect after you write a parenting book? <laughs> right? Yeah. And we're like, absolutely not. Like, it's the opposite. We're just real. Like, we, we go through exactly the same stuff. I remember walking my kids to school. Four, we had, four, just a quick recap, we had four kids under the age of two, um, and my business was losing $15,000 a month, and my wife quit her $10,000 a month job. That's where we learned to stop complaining. Like, we were right. It was miserable. But no amount of complaining was going to change our, our direction. Hence the BCD. Yeah, no BCD. And then... Blame, complain, deflect. Yeah. And it, it doesn't mean I wasn't right. It was just... You don't have gonna, time for that. It wasn't going to change anything. My attention, time, and energy towards it was just wasted. And so that was beautiful because Lisa was so instrumental in kind of directing that traffic. But we were walking to school one day, like... I think second grade and kindergarten, and someone said, oh, my God, I wanted to kill you. Your perfect family walking all in line, all dressed up nice. They looked adorable, just like your wife, and you're just perfect family walking. And I got one kid, and it was crazy. And I just said, don't put that on me. Like, uh, you didn't. Are you kidding me? Like, you're judging the outside of my family to the inside of yours. And the inside is just as crazy as everybody else's. We're normal just like everyone else. And I said, you know, our breakfast table sounds like a West or a, a White House press conference. Like, <laughs> everyone just yells until one voice gets through. 
and then half the time there's oatmeal spilled and what it's like pick up and let's go and whatever right and so um i don't think that enough so i guess the vulnerability part is that's real it's just if you can just be real if you can be authentic with somebody they'll they'll feel it i always say it's like the wind you can feel the wind can't you you know when someone's being real or you know when someone's not really being real and authenticity usually then lets people drop their guards and so when we look at other people's hearts and we give so the first time someone like criticizes me i tend to think i wonder what happened i wonder what happened to them like i wonder how they got hurt like that's my instinct now because it's not so much about me and like I'm not looking for validation from them. I'm looking more for connection. And so I think, like, when you go back to human beings, connect. Let let me just tell you from experience what I think that is. Yeah. Because I think now that I have a pretty good understanding of your heart and, and where things come from as a good place, I think there are times when, especially when it's men to men, the level of care and concern that you have for other people's general well-being is not normal. So you it comes across as like it's just too good to be true. There's no way that he really means that, right? And so there's this there's this skepticism that creeps in. And so the filter the first couple of things or the first couple of exchanges are always about, it's like putting it through a colander, right? Mm. Or a a strainer and and whatever's left is going to be like, okay, I can take this. I'm going to get rid of that. It's like eating the meat and spitting out the bones, right? You have to figure out what the meat is as opposed to just understanding that whatever's being said, it's all meat, right? There's There's no extra because it takes a certain level of trust to know that, what you're saying comes from a, a spot of authenticity with almost no motives. I just think that's how a lot of men work, right, wrong, or indifferent. The filter has super small holes. Yeah. And it's usually the ones that those are usually the ones that I think we listen with. Yeah. Right? I mean, because that's yeah. kind of what you're not, we're not raised to just be this open vessel of information where there's like this highway coming in and out of traffic, right? It's kind of a one way controlled deal and it's, we're driving. (laughs) So when you get other people, you get enough people that want to let you in and let you over. It's just like, that's weird. Oh, that's cool. Hey, I better respond and say, thank you. Right. Cause it's not natural. (laughs) Just think about when somebody lets you in, in traffic, Mm -hmm. And and our kids try to see that we see it all the time. Like I'm 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 probably gonna wave. I'm hey, thank you because I don't expect you to do that. So it's nice when you do. It's almost I almost think that's what it's like to process when somebody's just really sharing their their heart because it's it seems unnatural for most men early. A lot in there. That, we'll 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 stop there. Uh, that's a heck of a part one. A lot in there. Don't be afraid. We'll come back. We'll tackle part two next week. That's my main man, DJ Rezac. Uh, this is Playing It Forward. Part two coming up next week.
Huda Media Production.